0: How are we doing, church? It is so good. So good to see you. I want to take a minute. I want to welcome everybody who's watching right now via the interwebs online. And, of course, everybody who's watching live over at that Southside, South Campus. South Campus, we love you. And we love you here. We love you everywhere. And the best way that we can show you that is by clapping for you. So come on, everybody. Clap for that person sitting next to you today. Make them feel Welcome. Well, we're so glad that you're here celebrating Mother's Day. Moms, we love you. It is fair to say that we would not be here without you. So we love you and appreciate you, and we honor you especially because I think it's fair to say that moms moms have a lot of pressure, right? Moms, Can moms give an amen for that? Like... Mom, there's a lot of pressure being a mom. It's not a small thing, it's not a this is a very significant thing, it's a big deal. Moms go through a lot of pressure, getting the kids ready to go to school, making sure they're fed, making sure they look halfway presentable once they get there. Uh, that's a lot of pressure, because you know how dads don't really give a rip, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know when I drop my kids off, she's like, Did you comb their hair? And I was like, nah. you know, it's like it, it looked fine, you know. Eh, they looked homeless, but it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. Mom, there's a lot of pressure when it comes to being a mom. And, uh, but when, when you go through that pressure and you come out the other side, you have what I like to call a proud mom moment, right? Like there's, there's probably nothing like a proud mom moment. It's where where, where the, your kid does exactly what you helped them to do, you know, you prepped them, you know, in their school project, or you're working them, uh, working with them on the recital, you know, going over this, da na 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 da na like, and then you see them do it, and they're doing it, and they look over and, and they smile at you, and you're like, yeah, it's that proud mom moment, right? There's nothing like it. I see a lot of this recently. We've been out at the uh, the Legacy Park soccer fields. Anybody else been out at the Legacy Park soccer fields recently? We were there all day yesterday, literally all day, game after game after game after game. after. Somebody actually had an RV out there, and I thought, that person has a prayer life. Like, I literally thought, like... <laughs> They know what's up. Like, we're just going back and forth, back and forth. And so we're out there, and you can see these moms. These moms are really, they take this seriously. This is, a, this is a big deal. Like, they're cheering their kids, like, yeah, it's so great. Kick it, kick it, kick him. Like, you're like, what? You know, it just gets crazy. They're, like, yelling at the refs, pushing other parents. It gets a little bit aggressive out there. Little proud mom moments, and then all, it culminates when, when that kid just winds up and just nails that ball all the way into the net, and he looks over, and mom's like, yeah, five-year-old soccer never felt so good. You wouldn't think it was the World Cup. Five-year-old soccer, it's just proud mom moments. There's nothing like them. And proud mom moments are only to be outdone by the what in the world were you thinking mom moments have you ever had those moms you know like where you look at your kid and you're like how do you come from me like this just i don't even understand like how you're capable of this like uh, i was thinking about that as we were getting ready for this message and i was thinking we had moved in to this building several years ago and we just moved in my son titus was three and he just had this random thing where he would just go up to people and just wind up and then just jack them like right in the stomach. He was like, and it's so, you know, it's kind of like hard because you're like, I'm the pastor, you know, and so you're like, you're like, hey, nice to meet you, Mr. Smith. I'm really sorry about what happened there. Um, obviously, this is his mother's fault, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm the pastor. I can't take, I mean, I've got plausible deniability. I just can't, you know, like I just can't do it. And that reminded me of the moment when we had just launched the church It was our grand opening. We are meeting at Harris Park Community Center. I don't know if you guys know where that's at. It's over by Summit Waves. And uh, we're setting up, tearing down. We just got done tearing down. And I think my son, Cruz, who was also three at that time, he was just so excited because he could tell everybody was, like, pumped. It was this big accomplishment. He didn't know how to celebrate uh, any other way than by taking all of his clothes off and then just running back and forth in the gym as fast as he could. And so I was, I was looking around, I'm guys, I'm sorry, but his mom does this all the time at home. And so, <laughs> again, you know, so it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure that moms go through. And so I thought it'd be kind of fun today to talk about uh, one of the most famous moms in all of history, certainly maybe in all of the Bible. I want to look at the mother of Jesus, Mary, okay? Well, I want to look at her story because her story has a lot to teach us, a lot to teach us, and it has, it has a lot to teach us about pressure. Because, I mean, let's just be honest, if any mother had pressure, it's the mother of God. I mean, that comes with a little bit of pressure, right? I mean, you've got one chance raise the Messiah of the world I mean like everything is coming down to this moment (laughs) this kid has to make it like he has to be like he has to be okay he's got to get to the point where he saves the world so there's pressure at least making sure he's alive and okay and you know somewhat together by the time he gets there and then there's the added pressure of having that much accountability in your house all the time you know what I'm saying Like, we all know God is always with us, and he's always watching. But how many of you know not many of us have God right behind us in our kitchen? (laughs) You know, like, that's a whole other level of pressure. I mean, Mary had to bring her A game all the time. And the good news is Jesus makes it through the toddler stage. He makes it through junior high stage. He makes it to redeem the 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 whole of mankind and obviously mary played a big part and here's what i want to talk about today even though mary was the mother of jesus she was the leader of jesus you could say the primary leader of jesus do you know what mary was she was also a follower of jesus and that's what i want to talk about today i want to talk about that and that's why it ties in with our series follow because what we're talking about in this series is how when Jesus calls his disciples, he doesn't tell them to go change the world. He doesn't tell them to go heal the sick. He doesn't go tell them to cast out demons, although they would do all of those things. He doesn't even tell them to believe, although they would. He just says, Follow me. And in that very elemental command and invitation, he unlocks a world of opportunity for them literally everything hinges on those two words follow me and what's amazing is jesus's first leader was the ultimate jesus follower mary the mother who followed so i want to talk about that and what we're going to see in her story i want to break down i want to look at a couple different instances in her story i want to show you how that mary although she was a great person she's far from perfect She doesn't do this thing perfectly, but she does give us an example of what persistent faith looks like. Persistent faith. That's what I want to talk a little bit. Persistent faith in the face of disappointment because it always pays off. If you're taking notes, write this down. This is a very important idea. Persistent faith in the face of disappointment always pays off. It always pays off. And I want to show you how Mary shows us this, because she had some disappointment. And she's going, to show us, she's going to show us a couple of things. And what she's going to show us is that how God trusts her and God tests her, but that God rewards her. Trusted, tested, and rewarded. If you're taking notes, write those three things down. Trusted, tested, and rewarded. Really, that's what following God looks like. God trusts us, then he tests us, and then ultimately he rewards us. And it all has to do with persistent faith in the midst of disappointment. Now, there's a, there's a saying, right, that, that goes, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. All right. Oh, you guys know this one. Okay, good. It means it means when things get difficult, all right, if you're tough, you're like, all right, let's go. Let's get to work. Let's figure this out. Let's push this through. We're going to make this happen. We are going to get through this. But what it sometimes means for us is when the going gets tough, we get gone. Anybody know what I'm talking about? (laughs) like, no, thank you. That's too difficult. I don't want to go through that. That sounds like a lot of pain. Pain isn't fun. Can I get an amen? Nobody's like, yeah, I just want more pain in my life. Lord, would you mind sending me some more pain? My life is just too comfortable. Have you ever prayed that prayer? You have not prayed that prayer, but let me just say this. Pain and how we respond to it can be the very thing that grows us, shapes us, and ultimately defines us. Pain is a big deal because life is full of pain, right? Life is full of disappointment. Life doesn't go exactly how you want it. And how you approach that pain is really important. That's why the brother of Jesus says in James chapter 1, consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. What? Pure joy? Like when you face trials? No, thank you. I consider that pure not joy. I consider that pure pain. That sounds like a bad time. He says, consider pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. How many of you want to be mature? Just raise your hand at both locations. Some of you are like, no, perennially immature right here. Okay, that's cool. Uh, You want to be mature? You want to be complete? You want to have your stuff together? You want to grow in your faith? Yes, of course. Hopefully, most of us, yes, we would say amen to that. But do you know how it is going to happen? A little bit of pain. It's going to happen with a little bit of pain how we persist through that pain is really important I want to show us today how Mary gives us a clinic on how to do it she's trusted she's tested and then she is rewarded all right we're gonna look at this we're gonna look at two passages of Scripture Luke chapter 2 and John chapter 2 so if you have your Bibles you can save your place right there before we do Find two people and say he trusts us, he tests us, but he always rewards us. Come on, find two people and tell them that. Trust us, he tests us, but he always rewards us. He does. First thing if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Is a persistent faith is trusted. It's trusted. Let me show you how Mary was trusted. Luke chapter 2. It's not the first moment that we meet Mary in the Bible, but it's probably her most famous moment. It's the birth of Jesus, a.k.a. Christmas. And so we see it in Luke chapter 2, verse 13. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, he's appearing to these shepherds, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. So these angels show up to random shepherds and are like, hey, let me just tell you, there is a Savior being born. And so when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds were like, all right, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed. Everybody say amazed. Come on, everybody with strength, say amazed. They were amazed at what the shepherds said to them, but Mary treasured. Watch this, everybody. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. She's having a proud mom moment. She's having a proud mom moment. She's treasuring this. What is she treasuring? What is she treasuring? Let me give you the context. Because this treasure that she is experiencing is coming because she was trusted, she was trusted with great opportunity, but also great pain. Let me, let me, let me, let me show you this. I mean, the, the birth of Jesus has got to be one of the coolest moments in all of history, right? I mean, you've got angels proclaiming praise to God. You've got magi coming from far off. You've got shepherds randomly showing up. We've heard that there's a, a Savior, a Messiah being born here. It's got to be one of the best moments in all of history, and God picks this peasant girl from Nazareth to be the mother of the Savior of the world. What a thing to be trusted with. What an honor. What a blessing. What a gift. And what a pain. What a pain. Because finding out you're pregnant with the Savior of the world is awesome unless you're a virgin and you're a pious Jewish girl because it don't look real good, right? Like, Because people know how this works. Like you're pregnant. Like, She shows up to her, to her, 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 her uh, not her husband, her, her, how do you say someone you're engaged to? Fiance, thank you, okay. All right, fiance. She's like, all right, we're engaged to be married and, and I just wanna let you know, he's like, I'm pregnant. And he's like, I see that. And she's like, I want you to know, It's God, and he's like, I want you to know, you're lying. (laughs) Like, how many of you know that's an awkward moment? It's not a really good moment. And she, this is a small town. How many of you, both locations, just raise your hand if you grew up in a small town. Raise your hand if you grew up in a small town. Okay, so some of you know, like, small town. If you grew up in a small town, you know this. In a small town, everybody knows everything. And it doesn't take long, does it? It's like something happens, and then this person tells this person, and then this person tells this person, and this person tells this person, and this, person, tells this, person and this person tells this person, and three and a half minutes later, the whole town knows. You've got Nazareth, it's a small town, four or five hundred people max. That's that's a small town. She's pregnant, Joseph knows it, her parents know it, and Mary is devastated. She's elated. And she's devastated. The birth of Jesus is actually bringing about quite a bit of pain. And she has no place to go except her cousin. And as she goes to her cousin, she goes to her cousin Elizabeth. And she doesn't come complaining. She comes celebrating. And she comes worshiping. And she teaches us something about how to deal with pain. Do you know where you go when you have pain? You go to God. Look at this in... Matthew, uh, I'm sorry, Luke chapter one. She says this, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. But Mary, you're pregnant and everybody thinks you're a liar. She says, no, but I know where my hope is. I know where my source is and I know who my God is. And let me just tell you this. When you've got some disappointment in your life, When you're dealing with some stuff that seems more of a burden than a blessing, can I encourage you to go to God? God may be the only person you can go to, but he is also the best person you could go to. The best place we can go to when we're going through something that is difficult, that is disappointing, that we thought was going to be a blessing but actually ends up being more of a burden, the best place we can go to is God. And you know what's amazing is she She goes to God and then she gets to this moment where the angels show up and shepherds and magic all show up and everybody's excited. And she's like, I'm pondering that. God was faithful. God did what he said he would do. God came through for me. Can I just tell you this? God is always going to come through for you. And you're going to have some moments where you look back and you're like, man, that was hard. That was difficult. But if you could just persist through that pain, you can get to the other side and you can ponder how good God has been to you. It's true. It's true. And that's what Mary's doing. I think she's pondering, God, you, you helped me. You did what you said you would do. But I think there's another thing that Mary's pondering as well. She's pondering and she's seeing these angels and she's seeing these shepherds and she's hearing all that God's doing. I think she's pondering the fact that God has restored her reputation. God has restored her reputation because she lost it, right? And it wasn't even her fault. I mean, it was truly. It was not her fault. And yet her reputation was taken from her and now God in glorious fashion is restoring it to her. And it's such a symbol of what God wants to do through Jesus for all of us. He wants to take that sin and that shame that all of us carry. See, here's the deal. Sin carries shame. There's just no no getting around it. When we sin, when we get outside of God's plan, when we choose our way, when we sin, we choose us over him, there's a stain that happens. There's a stain, and we can't lift that stain ourselves. Only God can lift it. And if you try to lift it on your own, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be discouraged. But if you let Jesus lift it, he will, and he will restore your reputation. Some of you, you've come here today, and your reputation may have been tarnished. But part of the good news of the gospel is that Jesus wants to restore you. Mary had been humiliated, but now she is elevated, and God wants to do the same for us. So she's trusted, but then she's also tested. A persistent faith is tested. Now, Mary starts strong, but like all of us, she loses her way. She loses her way. We say this all the time at our church, but we're all imperfect people on an imperfect journey toward a perfect God. And you know who else was included in that? Mary. She's she's not perfect. She's not perfect. And she kind of messes up. Check this out in Luke chapter 2, verse 41. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival, according to the custom. And after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Check this out. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. It's the original home alone, y'all. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin's got nothing on Jesus. Jesus already been there, done that. <laughs> they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. And it takes them three days to find him. Three days. <laughs> That's a long time. You know, growing up, we used to have this, we used to sing this song uh, by a band called Delirious called I found Jesus. They had this great British accent, it was so great. If you're like, I found Jesus, that literally sounds just like that, so good. Mary had her own version, I lost Jesus. She loses Jesus! I mean, you know, she's gotta be thinking God is not happy with her right now. Like the father's looking down like, Mary, seriously? You had one job. <laughs> you had one job. Like, have you ever lost your child for a moment? Like, it's like, it's like, it's devastating. <laughs> like, you get separated for just a second, and you go into, like, secret service mode. <laughs> Start, You know, like, I don't know karate, but I will use it on you. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, seriously, like, this is Mary. She's, she's freaking out. Verse 46, after three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers Listening to them and asking them questions. And everyone who heard him was amazed. That word again, amazed. At his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Parents, have you ever asked your kid that? (laughs) Why are you doing this to me? (laughs) I've said that a few times today. Uh, (laughs) Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Anxiously. It's an interesting word. Odinomai is the word in Greek, and it means to be in great pain, terribly worried, to be in agony, severely grieved. I bet she was. I bet she was. But you know what it is? It actually is a great picture of what our lives are like when we lose sight of Jesus, isn't it? When we lose Jesus, we get anxious. When, when we lose sight of what this whole thing's about, we get in agony. And and she's she's going through this moment, and all the while Jesus was right there. Because how many of you know Jesus wasn't lost? Mary was the one who was lost. Mary was the one who lost sight of Jesus. Mary was the one who lost sight of what this whole thing was about. And somehow, somewhere in the hustle and bustle of the here and now, she lost sight of the only thing that truly matters in this world, Jesus Christ. We do the same, don't we? In the hustle and bustle, getting ready for practices and games and recitals and competitions. And we're, we're running around and we're doing life and we're accumulating stuff and money and chasing after pleasure. And we think we get messed up and we think this world is about this world. But it's not. This world is always about the one who made it. It's always about Jesus. Jesus and in and in god's grace what he wants to do is bring us back to focus and here's what's amazing watch this jesus does this for his mom luke chapter 2 why were you searching for me he asked didn't you know i had to be in my father's house she's like he's like don't you remember this whole thing is about god you know it's never a fun moment when your kids call you out is it parents like in the right Jesus is right he's like but they did not understand what he was saying to them but look at this but his mother treasured all these things in her heart there's that word again she's treasuring she's like hmm that's right this whole thing is about God and you know what some of you might be finding yourself in that same spot today You've been running around. You've been chasing after a bunch of stuff. You've been chasing after moments when God wants you to find the Messiah. You've been chasing after things that don't matter, and Jesus wants to graciously reorient your heart towards the only thing that does it's God. God is the point of all of this, and God wants us to find Him. So she's tested. She doesn't pass the test. But let me just tell you this. She grows through this moment. And I just want to encourage you with this. You might be in the midst of failure right now. You might be in the midst of some disappointment, and it's your own fault. But can I tell you this? God wants to grow you through it, and he can if you look to him. So she's tested. She's trusted. She's tested. And now she's going to be rewarded. A persistent faith is rewarded. Mary's faith grows. John chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. One of my favorite miracles in all the Bible. It's the wedding at Cana. Mary's different. Jesus is fully grown now. He's started his ministry. He's got his disciples going with him. So things are moving forward for Jesus. Things are moving forward for the family. And they end up at the same party. It's a wedding. John chapter 2. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. And Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited. And when the wine was gone, I'll pause, put a pin in that for a moment. And that day, that's a really, really big deal. It's a really, really big deal. Like when the wine stopped flowing, like the party was over in that day. Like there was nothing else. It was kind of like, man, what what else are we going to drink? Okay, we send everybody home. This was a big deal. When you were planning a party, these things took days. Weddings took days. And if you had to send your guests home early who had traveled days to get here, it just was not a good look. It just wasn't a good look. So the wine was gone, and Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Now, what what is she doing here? She knows... That Jesus is capable of a miracle. He has not done a public miracle yet, but she knows he's capable of it. And watch what Jesus says to him. Woman, why do you involve me? Now, some of you are like, wait, hold up a second. (laughs) Did Jesus just call his mom woman? Like some of you are like, man, I'd still be tasting soap in my mouth to this day if I ever called my mom woman. So, again, the language doesn't translate completely, but <laughs> scholars believe it was friendly banter. It was more like kind of like mother, like mom, like why do you involve me? And, and Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. What he's talking about is here, once he starts, once he starts this public ministry, once he does this miracle, everybody's going to be like, okay, Here it goes. And he knows the clock's ticking, and he will get to the cross. And he knows that's why he's here, but there's still this internal conflict, and he's struggling. He's like, ah, my hour's not yet come. This is not how I want to do this. But watch what his mother says. She goes to the servant, do whatever he tells you. There's no further dialogue. There's no further explanation. She just says, He just told me no but just do whatever he tells you and this is this is why it's so cool to see the journey of her faith because she was trusted she's been tested and now she's about to be rewarded with one of the coolest miracles and her faith is what brings it about her faith there's no indication that jesus is ready to start this ministry publicly with miracles there's no indication at all and yet She says, I believe. I believe it's his heart. And I believe he's more than capable of it. And if we'll just give him a chance, he's going to do something miraculous. And her faith moves the heart of God. Look at John 2, 6. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing each, holding from 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus said to his servants, fill the jars with water, so they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. This was huge risk. This is water. Here you go. It's, it's wine. It's a huge risk. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine jesus was not going to start his ministry but mary's trusted and tested faith has come to fruition and now she's seeing the miraculous she's seeing the miraculous in her life can i just tell you this is exactly where god wants to bring us this is always where god wants to bring us god is real he is alive and he is moving and he wants to move in your life It's more than fiction. It's more than religion. This isn't just ceremony. This isn't just about going through motions and checking a a box off. God wants to move in your life. And a key to experiencing that is understanding that, God, you've trusted me. With Jesus, you're testing me through difficulty, but, God, you want to bring me through. You want to reward me as I trust you. Let me ask you, do you trust him? Are you believing him? Are you facing something that's disappointing? What's beautiful about Mary is that she had been disappointed, but she wasn't allowing her disappointment to define her anymore. You know what happens sometimes? Our disappointment defines us, doesn't it? Sometimes it's our own choices, sometimes it's the choices of others upon us but we let those disappointments define us and God says no he wants you to he wants you to raise up he wants your faith to raise up and to believe him for greater things even in the midst of your disappointment and it's all about having a persistent faith that says God no matter what no matter what I see I'm gonna believe Moves the hand of God and it will move God's hand in our life if we'll let Him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you so much for the grace of God, for this word, for Mary. The ultimate, the ultimate leader of Jesus was also a follower. Lord, we thank you for it, God. We thank you for the example that she gives us to have persistent faith. And Lord, I pray that you would rise persistent faith in all of our hearts. Let it happen in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed at both locations, I just want to take a moment. I want to ask you, some of you are here today, and if you're gonna, I just want to I want to help you, I want to encourage you, and I want to I want to see God strengthen you. And the reality is. God wants to do something amazing and miraculous in all of our hearts if we'll let him. And you might be facing something disappointing. You might be going through a disappointing moment right now. Something maybe you did cause. Unlike Mary, you can't blame somebody else. Maybe it's your own fault. Or maybe it's been thrust on you but nevertheless you're disappointed but you know what god sees you god cares and you're saying i need his help and i need god to strengthen me and i want to see him i want to see a miracle and i want to look to him if that's you both locations i want to pray i want to just have a moment of prayer if that's you and you're saying man this is speaking right to me scott i need this i need this speaking right to me i want to i want i want to trust god with all of my heart if that's you both locations just raise your hand and say Scott this is speaking right to me would you pray for me disappointments see I've got a disappointment I'm facing hold it up and we're gonna have a moment of prayer father I pray for every person who's disappointed every person who's going through it I pray that you would speak and that you would encourage and that you would grow them and strengthen them in the name of Jesus father I pray that they would experience life and grace and hope and help you are so good and i just pray that you would strengthen and encourage and lift up in jesus name you can put your hands down keep your heads bowed one more question very important question the most important question i'm gonna give you an invitation you know what we've been in this follow series and what jesus says to all of his disciples he just says hey follow me he just invites him he says come on let's go on this journey and he says the same thing to you and me And if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, he wants you to be. He wants to bring you on this amazing journey of faith, this amazing journey of life change. And it's going to happen when you trust in him. And that's going to happen when you stop trusting in yourself. But if you trust in yourself, if you're the answer to your problems, you're never going to experience God. But if you just invite him in and say, Lord, I want to trust you, he will change you in a moment. If you're here today, and you're saying, "Man, it's speaking right to me. I need to make a decision to follow Christ for the first time, or for the first time in a long time. I need God." You're here today, and you're saying, "This is speaking right to me." Just lift your hand all across this place, here at the North Campus, at the South South Campus. Just lift your hand and say, "This is speaking right to me. I need Jesus." Hold it up. and Let me pray for you. Hands going up here at the North Campus. Hands going up at the South Campus. Father, I pray for every person who's reaching out. I pray that God, you would redefine their understanding of who you are right now. Father, I pray that you would strengthen them from the inside out. Show them who you are and bring them to life again. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, church, just for a moment? Both locations. Mary's a pretty great example, isn't she? She was trusted. She was tested. But she's rewarded. And she believes and she experienced the miraculous. Here's what I want to do. Before we rush out, before we rush out, can we just take a moment? Can we take a moment and say, God, you are. You are what this whole thing is about. I recognize that. identify that. And a fresh and new, I place my hope and my trust in you. Would you raise your hands all across this place, raise your hands at the South campus? and let's just prioritize the Lord God. Father, we love you. And we thank you for life. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for Jesus. Who changes us from the inside out who loves us unconditionally and brings us to life and Lord we believe we put our faith and our hope and our trust in you we lift our disappointments to you we lift our frustrations to you and we thank you for moving in our lives in advance in Jesus name let's worship